Ladies, gentlemen and others, hold on to those face masks. Today's guest on the show is none other than Dr. Jai Shisharan, the queen of skincare and beauty. With decades of experience, Dr. Jayashree has seen more blackheads, whiteheads and skin woes than all of us combined. And that's exactly why a beauty enthusiast like me thought that she was absolutely perfect as a guest to bring on board to bring in some real talk about the world of aesthetics, surgeries, fillers and more. Hi Dr. Jayashree, welcome to the podcast. Hi Anand, thank you so much for having me. I feel like I cannot start this episode without mentioning the fun fact that I am personally one of your patients. I feel like there isn't clearly enough word of mouth that goes around when it comes to procedures like fillers and more. And uh, as someone who's always believed in real girl and real girl beauty and just breaking that fourth wall of sorts, I like to talk about these things that I'm experiencing and, you know, I get to share it with my followers. But you are very surprised about this. So I want to know how you deal with being on this side where it is literally your job and people don't want to talk about where they're getting these things done from. So um, can I be very honest? It hurts um, when you meet people and they say, oh, we do yoga and this is diet and this is that. But, you know, the actual reality and they don't want to talk about it. And they go out there and post about their fitness trainer, nutritionist, makeup artist, but they don't want to talk about who has done their lip fillers or that they have actually done stuff. So yes, um, I'm a human. It does hurt. But you know, it's been 23 years and also the fact that I am a dermatologist. And so I do treat acne and I do treat eczemas and I do treat psoriasis and a lot of other skin conditions and you know, so that sort of uh, keeps me more grounded and seen and saying, okay, I've accepted the fact that, you know, as long as they are nice to me when we meet and, you know, uh, as long as they have that faith in me and they are coming back to me, I think I should accept it with grace and say, all right, that's how it is. But I will only wish that there are more and more people like you who believe in us and also don't, you know, mind hiding or don't mind talking about what treatments they've done and coming out there and appreciating our work out there as well. I feel like on a human level, you've made peace with it. But even from a business point of view, that can't be a great thing that people literally don't want to, you know, it's, I mean, I feel, especially as a brand founder myself now, I feel like there is absolutely no marketing, better marketing than word of mouth. Yeah, true. I mean, completely, 100%. I mean, I think I'm also a very self-made person. I don't have big daddies. Came from Jamshedpur, got married in Mumbai and then all of that. Because of my academics, there were doctors, who international doctors who referred some celebrities to me and then it was word of mouth. So my practice has been word of mouth to a great extent. But then, you know, there's a limited group only. It's only that one Bollywood or one strata where there's word of mouth. And then people other than that don't know them. I agree with you. It's very important. I mean, you do. I, I know this for a fact. You've trained half the dermatologists in the city company. Been around for so 20 long. years. And uh, I and, and not that I'm asking you to take names at all. I know the who's who of the Bollywood industry does go to you. Uh, so I feel like there's so much that could be done in general with this space. Like I'm speaking even beyond you for dermatologists at large. If more people were open about these, you know, these procedures, yeah. surgeries, fillers, whatever you'd like to call them. But here's a question I have for you because I get asked this a lot, right? Is it the responsibility for a person to 
have to go forward and say maine ye karwaya hai and i'm telling you why i'm i'm asking this people come to me and say oh it's great you talk about having had a chin filler i've experimented with under eye fillers in the past i you gave me these gorgeous lip fillers that i've been loving for the past few months but what about people who are i mean in my case i genuinely yeah there was an insecurity but also because of my job it was also fun and i wanted to experiment i had the privilege of saying i want to and i don't necessarily feel backed up against a wall for it but there are people who have absolutely genuine insecurities where it takes a toll on them you know mental health wise yeah so i keep going back and forth on um how much is it a person's responsibility to say i've done xyz procedure whereas is it a choice or should just everybody you know talk about it i know you talk about yours Yeah. So nonchalant and I love that also. I'm always staring at your lips cuz you always make changes to it. I think it's still offline and I'm saying this to you on the pod today. <laughs> yeah. So there's so my staff says and I tell people I've actually said that on Instagram that when Dr. Jayashree's know what does she do? She goes and injects her lips. Wow. <laughs> so it it just gives me a kind of high when I tweak it when I take out a little or put it a little or whatever is it the only part you mess with or do you also do other things no i i only mess with my lips <laughs> well you know um, gorgeous you know i think that thank you so much but i i think it's a choice i don't think uh, everybody should go out there and say uh, you know yes i've done this uh, i would leave it to people but you know there are two categories one who as you said they have certain insecurities and uh sometimes there's something nagging right from the time you were a child you look mm-hmm. in the mirror and you don't like the nose you know the way your nose looks and you want to get a little nose enhancement done i don't think there's anything wrong in that right but then if you today you've done your nose then tomorrow you say i think my i think my cheeks or then you say oh i think this or i think that i think my body i think my arms that is crossing over the line then you're sort of getting a little body dysmorphic is what we say which is not right so you know where you you should know where to draw the line like you asked me is it only the lips or the rest of the mm-hmm. face and like i'm only obsessed with my lips and i know where to stop like it's like tattoos right i've got two tattoos and people say you're addicted to tattoos no i'm not i'm happy with my two i've done them maybe 20 years ago and i haven't done more of them but there are other people who just go on tattooing their entire body it's like an addiction that's where you need to know and draw the line and if it's an insecurity and you don't you want to correct it but you don't want to talk about it fair enough but if you are going out there and saying you know look this is only diet and exercise i think that's wrong hmm i think that's where you need to go out and say yes it is diet it is holistic you look the way you look not just because you've done fillers your skin will not radiate beauty if just because you know if you've just done fillers you're not going to look glowy and happy on the outside if you're your heart is you know really wrenching and you're sad so it is holistic you have to exercise you have to eat well you have to you know learn to deal with stress uh, all of that but at the same time if you've done a few tweakments here and there i think there's no harm in going and talking about it so, so it's choosing between when it's vanity versus yes yes that's an interesting approach did you go into social media with a strategy in place did you have like okay I'm doing this and now I'm going to put myself out there cuz you know a lot of your clients don't do it for you. So it all started with this one DM which came to me where a person said Dr. J can I do this and 
I was horrified by that video because this lady was applying lime, lemon, toothpaste, everything to her, making a paste of everything wrong and applying it on her underarms and saying, dark underarms have disappeared. Oh my God. So I was like, okay, I went on to her page, no degree, no nothing, nothing, nothing. But, you know, some uh, absurd number of followers and some 80,000 people have watched that video and liked it. And they're all probably at least, even if one-tenth of them are going to do that, they're going to burn their skin. That's when I said, listen, I think, I told myself, I think I need to do something about this. I didn't contradict. I do not like to contradict people out there like directly. But I said, maybe I should just make authentic posts. So I started doing some, you know, little posts here and there. And I have a lot of American colleagues, very dear friends. And we started connecting on Instagram. And I started watching them do these dance moves and, you know, the singing moves and uh, the audio and this, that. And I said, why not? So I did it. And, uh, and I saw that suddenly my likes and my followers were increasing. I did get a lot of flack from my community. How can a doctor do this? So a lot of our dermat WhatsApp groups were, no, no, what is this? Why is a senior dermatologist dancing on Instagram? And all of that happened. But slowly, slowly, all the junior dermats started following me. So everything that I did, they did. And then slowly the community accepted it. So that's one part of it. So that's how the whole journey started. And then I started doing a lot of Instagram lives because I had a lot of time, as I said. And there were lots of legend questions that came. And I got my ideas of content, creating content from those questions. So every time there's a question and I'm like, hmm, I think if four out of 10 people are asking me the same question, I need to make a reel or a post on that. And uh, so, yes, I do. I create content myself. When I'm traveling, as you know, I live in New Bombay and I work in Bombay. So I have a, an hour to actually think and, you know, um, create content. What is the widest question one of these people has ever asked you? Like the most skincare question or filler question, surgery question, anything. What's like the wackiest thing someone's ever asked you they want to get done? Someone with really difficult features wanted to look exactly and exactly like Kendall Jenner. That has to be a popular one. That can't be the wacky one. Come on. <laughs> People want to look like her all the time. But how can somebody with a... I mean, I don't want to be mean here. But no, factually, you know, if you're... See, you can't be like somebody else. See. Um, because there is, a, there is a certain bone structure to your face. Right? So if there's a certain bone structure, I will not be able to... And maybe I can keep tweaking your lips... And get you out there one fine day. But I will not be able to change the structure of your face. Unless I take a hammer and a chisel and actually structure you, you know. Which may be possible to a certain extent with uh, plastic surgery. But again, to a certain extent. But she wouldn't go. She wouldn't leave my clinic. No, you have to do this for me. You have to, you have to. Every other day and I'm telling my staff, hey, Baba, you know. <laughs> but they have some of the most duped faces, no? All the five Kajana sisters. I mean, there are times when I'm scrolling on in through Instagram and I think it's a Kardashian and then I open the post and realize, okay, it's not. It's a lookalike. Yeah. They have some of they have duped have. faces. Yes. There. 
they have. And you know, they're, they're, you, you can actually make a lot of faces look similar these days. You know, when I go to talk and give lectures, my first slide is, I don't know if you've ever seen this Botox emoticon. Every face looks the same. There's no, the emoji is like straight brows and eyes like that, no expression face. So that's my first slide. And I'm always telling my students, do not do this. Wait, so I can't not ask you this question then. I wasn't going to go controversial with you, but I ha- I'm very tempted for this one. What do you think they've gotten done? Like, okay, look at a Kim Kardashian's face. Uh, because she claims to never have gotten anything done and she claims to never have, uh, you know, literally not gotten procedures done when for asked point blank. Uh, in fact, it was an interview that I saw myself, I think it was last year and I think it was a little bit after the Met Gala even. And she point blank refuses to have had anything. So when you look at her face, what is your assumption? Guys, this is all alleged. Okay, just putting it out there. She is not saying Kim Kardashian has had. No, I'm not. I'm not. But, but you know, pictures won't lie. Mm-hmm. So if you turn back and, you know, go back to how she looked maybe 20, 15, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, there are certain things which cannot change over time with age. It's not a process of aging where you begin to look I mean, I understand your nose will start, um, you know, drooping. It's not going to get more pointier with age. Okay, that's one example. Give us another example of something that doesn't change. This way, again, your chin will, with age, your chin will recede. It will become smaller because the bone out there is actually getting resorbed. You know, the bone chips, our foundation starts chipping. So you don't have support. Everything drops down. So, you said I'm looking stunning. Take a look at my pictures. You see, this is dropping down. I do have a very sm- uh, a very prominent marionette line. I mean, you know, this fold over here is very prominent. This is age. This wasn't there 10 years ago. For those of you who are listening, she's holding on to her laugh flyness. She says yeah. that like the yeah. air there. Yeah. So, if you find that instead of the chin becoming smaller and receding, you find the chin is more, you know, el- out there, elongated, face is more contoured. That's a filler, you know. You're looking lovely. Your cheekbones are really prominent now. Your, you know, under eyes, you don't see your under eye hollows now. Visibly when you were 17, 18. How is that possible? Your under eye bone is going to sink more. Your under eyes are going to get more hollow. Look at my under eyes. I don't have fillers. You can see the hollowness, right? So that's how it's going to be with age. So there's nothing to hide because it's all out there. And it's the process of aging. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, you can pr- you can actually look at my face and say, okay, she's not had under eye fillers. She's got sunken eyes. Yeah. Right? But you can also look at me and say, okay, you know, lips are not, this is not how lips are. Because with age, again, the upper lip tends to become thinner and roll inwards. Because this bone, you know, which is supporting the lip is getting eaten away. So the lips do tend to become thinner. So, but when I'm almost touching 50 and my lips are looking full hey it's not it's not natural I have done something to it so you know you can tell so I have five minutes I'm going to read out for you going with number one your skin can become immune to skincare ingredients if you always use the same products I think that's absolutely BS Uh, (laughs) the skin okay now the skin doesn't get immune But in a way, what happens is with the change of climate or with the change of hormones or with the change of your own uh, place that you're in. Suppose today you're in Mumbai and tomorrow you've gone to Antarctica. 
your skin will behave differently. So the product that you're using in Mumbai is not going to work for you in Antarctica. So you can't say, oh, my skin has gotten used to it. Mm. Number one. Similarly, if you're going through a hormonal, you know, simple, something as simple as periods. Just before your periods, this is for females, of course. Just before your periods, your skin will tend to get a little more oilier, right? So the, if you have dry skin and you're using heavy creams, Maybe that will not work for you for those three, four days. Yeah. That doesn't mean your skin has gotten immune to the product. The product will still work for you. It's just how your skin behaves because of the differences in climate and hormones, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So many variables. The next one I have is applying a high SPF once means you can stay in the sun for a long time. But I'm laughing while saying this one. The best, the most well-researched, the most expensive sunscreen in the world will also wear off within two hours. So it's not going to last you. Uh, yes, at an, if you use an SPF 30 and vis-a-vis -vis an SPF 100, maybe it will work for you for half an hour. So instead of two hours, maybe it will work for two and a half hours. But that's the only difference. And is that, you know, does that mean you shouldn't reapply? No, you have to reapply your sunscreen if you're going to be out there outdoors you know so every two and a half two to three hours if you've got makeup on and you can't reapply then you have these nice powdered sunscreens available yeah. nowadays so you can do those also opt for makeup with SPF you know that will help but you need to reapply people with dry skin age faster okay so no dry skin does not age faster Yes, the skin may look more dehydrated, your fine lines and pores may look more prominent because you have dry skin. But the moment you apply a moisturizer on it, the skin becomes dewy and supple again, right? Aging is a process which involves all the five layers of the face, right? Or the body for that matter. So when you talk of the face, for example, you have bone and then you have a thick layer of fat. Then you have muscle and then you have another layer of fat and then you have skin. Yes, the collagen and elastin fibers in the skin degrade and, you know, that makes the skin a little more elastic. But what happens is because your bone is shrinking and the deeper layers of fat are actually, you know, moving away and you're losing that fat, the muscle is getting thinner, the foundation is crumbling, which is why everything starts to sag because the upper layer, which is the upper layer of fat and the skin, they don't have support. Because they don't have support, everything sags and you develop the, you know, you develop lines, you develop jowls, uh, your jawline goes for a toss, your lips are thinner, your nose is drooping, your chin is receding. So it's a process. It's not just skin. It has nothing to do with the texture. Yes. The more expensive the skincare product, the better the result. Can I take brand names? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So my favorite moisturizer is Bond's Gold Cream and my favorite lip balm is Boroline. Oh my God, I love this. All right. I don't know who are the manufacturers of Pond. So, I mean, I can't even recollect. So, uh, this is not a paid collateral. <laughs> that's fine. But that's what it is. However, when it comes to pharmaceutical products, um, you know, some of the best retinols and some of the best vitamin Cs may be a little more expensive sure. because of the research that goes behind it. Um, you know, the way the product, the preservatives that they use and, you know, the way the product is actually made. So they may be a little more expensive. But if you tell me, oh, a so-and-so super expensive product, I'm, you know, I'm using this and it's, you know, all my wrinkles are going. 
that's crap you know so your products need not be really expensive you can have a mix of both yes as i said some of these active ingredients sometimes may be expensive and you need to invest in it for example a sunscreen you need to check you know if it's uva uvb infrared blue light protective compliant not uh, forming a white cast so sometimes those get a little expensive sure this beauty myth feels particularly personal um dark eye circles mean that you are sleep deprived oh no I, that's a very common one uh yes your dark circles may get more prominent if you're sleep deprived okay but there are a lot of reasons why you can develop dark circles the first most common one in indians is anemia low hemoglobin right and the the second one is allergies a lot of people are allergic to dust and you know uh, pollen and fungal particles etc and you keep rubbing your eyes and when you rub your eyes that friction okay causes post inflammatory hyperpigmentation under the eyes you develop dark circles allergies to eye cosmetics can cause dark circles stress smoking you know vaping jewel can all break down your collagen can increase your melanin pigment and cause dark circles certain hormonal conditions polycystic ovaries hypothyroidism insulin resistance can cause uh, uh, you know something called acanthosis nigricans thick dark skin you know under your eyes so there are various reasons you know you've got to identify the cause treat the cause and of course you know as i said in the beginning it's all holistic so sleep well and uh, eat well so that it doesn't add to those dark circles wow that's a lot of beauty myths busted right there I feel like I've never asked you this before so this is a good opportunity for me to ask you what is your daily skincare routine like what is it that you do to make sure you look so fab every day oh thank you um so I keep it very simple and I'm you won't believe it I have the most sensitive skin in the world I think um I'm atopic I'm asthmatic so uh more than um of course I do develop rashes if I use certain products but more than that my face really swells up and i get a lot of nasal congestion and post nasal drip which makes me very very uncomfortable so i can't use i think 70% of the products which are available out there so i have to be very choosy now my morning of course is cleansing i use you want me to take the names sure yeah so i use because my skin is exceptionally dry i use you see my arms you, see, you look at this crocodile skin I've applied tons of moisturizer out there and you can still see my skin is like looks like crocodile skin okay so that's how dry my skin is so I use an oil by love organically it's that kumkumadi oil so I layer my face with that and then I apply a sunscreen I used to use photoprotector by Isdin for the longest but now you know I got undergone a lot of hormonal therapy for certain other uh, personal reasons and so I've begun to develop a lot of melasma and hyperpigmentation so now I've switched to a sunscreen which has I use Heliocare now um or sometimes I use Bave it's not available in India but if I get it I use that it's a tinted sunscreen which takes care of blue light and infrared and because I am primarily indoors and I need protection from blue light and infrared I use this tinted one now so that's my simple routine in the morning and at bedtime again cleansing however tired i am 
I'm partying till 4 a.m. I still go, I remove my makeup. That's one thing I will always do, especially my eye makeup. And then I will cleanse my face and I, you know, either moisturize or if I'm not too tired, I will use a vitamin C serum. You know, I like the Norden Mose. It's a Spanish brand and it's really nice. It's uh, L-ascorbic acid, very potent, 32%. So um, I use that three times a week. And I use, sometimes I also use La Roche. Uh, Norden Mose is available in India. La Roche is not available. Again, a brilliant molecule. I'll use one of those. Um, and then I use a moisturizer. Retinol, I probably will use once in a week. And that too, I've just begun maybe two, three years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't do any other AHA, BHA, niacinamide, this, that, the other. No. Because I don't think my skin needs it. My skin needs moisture, 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 oil, oil, oil all the time. And it's not just about eating oil. It's also about applying oil. That can I break another myth, which is very important. Please do. But people feel if you have oily skin, you don't need a moisturizer. Mm. So that's not true because a lot of your skin's moisture comes from outside. Your skin, the upper layers, the stratum corneum of your skin is, is almost dead. There are no blood vessels there. And it cannot take too much of moisture from within. So you may drink gallons of water but your skin can still get dehydrated and dry, all right? And even if you have oily skin, it can still get dehydrated. So you do need uh, to apply a moisturizer because that moisturizer will A, trap moisture from the environment and give it to your skin. And secondly, when you apply a moisturizer, if you apply it on slightly damp skin, it will keep the skin hydrated. So everybody, whatever type of skin needs, everybody needs a moisturizer. I love that you said that because I feel one of the things that I experience very often when I'm exchanging DMs and replying to DMs with my followers, especially on Instagram, is that a lot of people feel like because let's say, for example, I'm using a product and they think it'll work for them. And I have to repeatedly, you know, kind of reiterate and I kind of land up reiterating this so many times that I am not a dermat. You can look at my makeup techniques and adopt them, but skincare that works for me may not work for you. Yeah. I was doing this one-on-one -on -one makeup workshop with some, with like one of my followers and she was using the same foundation that she saw me using, but she had very, very oily skin. Yeah. So I always kind of try to remind people that what you see on social media needs to have certain caveats that you set for yourself, whether it is about beauty standards, whether it is about how not everything you're seeing your favorite influencer use will work for you. Um, have you seen that impact the way even like, let's say, for example, clients and patients coming to you, how influenced are they by social media from the point of view of, of course, I'm sure they see certain types of facial features. We've established you had somebody who wanted to look like Kendall Jenner. But also like, do they come to you from the point of view of, oh, I saw this product work so and so, so should I use it? How much is social media basically interfering with what you should be telling your patients on how to perceive themselves and what their routines should be like? In today's day and age, 70%. It's very high, yes. Because people need to understand, but they don't, unfortunately, that every skin is unique. And by just saying dry, oily combination, those are not just the three classifications, you know. You know, uh, what agrees with me, as you rightly said, when it comes to makeup, it's the same with skin, that what agrees with me may not agree with you. Right. Even if both of us have dry skin. All right. So um, I see it happening all the time and they're either 
you know, checking out their favorite influencer or their favorite actor or even me for that matter. So if I, I sometimes get scared. Now, if I've said, you know, I'm using love organically oil, somebody else will use it, get pimples and come back to me and say, hey, you said it. So I tell them that don't even follow my own skincare because my skin is different and it hugely impacts. Yes, it does. So please, people need to know that, you know, whatever it is, you probably need one consult with a dermatologist. And once you know what it is, then you can go out there and probably buy whatever product. Sometimes their products are very expensive also and you end up wasting money on them. I think moral of the story is make sure you get that one consult from a professional who is actually qualified to tell you what to do. Yes, whether it's makeup, whether it's skin, I think you need that one consult. It's important. You know, one very important thing about my skincare is I do not forget to treat my neck as much as I treat my face. So whatever goes on my face goes on my neck as well. Because I don't want to look, you know, uh, like I'm 40 at 50 and, and, you know, the face is showing 40 and the neck is showing 60. That's very important. And you also make sure you use a good moisturizer all over your body. So I, that's a ritual in my car, in my clinic, just next to my table. You know, you open my cupboard, you'll see a big jar of uh, moisturizer there. In my car, you'll find a moisturizer. So I'm, the moment I sit in the car, I'm again loading myself and slathering myself with a moisturizer. And it's something very basic. I use a ceramide-based Indian one called New Aqua Soft. It's not some over-the-top, uh, you know, La Mer or whatever. It's very basic, but I make sure I do that. I love it. So you're taking care as much of your neck and body as you are of your face. I love that. What are some of the things about your clients or patients that stand out to you? You know, if I have um, patients like you who come with 200% faith in the doctor and are convinced about what the doctor is suggesting and go with a very positive mind. And if I say, listen, you may bruise, uh, you accept it. You know, it's not a side effect. It's a natural process and the bruise may go in five days. And you let me do what, you know, I want to do rather than show me 10 pictures and say, I want to look like this. Or maybe doc, look, my lips should look like this or my eyes should look like this. I'm much more comfortable because then I can do my work of art and I can blend science and art together. But if you've already asked me 10,000 questions and you've started the thing with even when it comes to medication, you know, you write a prescription and the person says, uh, you know, but I believe in natural and I'm looking and in my mind thinking, hey, but I'm an allopathic doctor. Why have you come to me? Go to a naturopath. So if you come and say, if you if you start off with a negative thing saying, you know, am I going to have side effects? In my mind, I'm like, maybe you will because that's secret. That's Murphy's law. You know, because you already programmed your mind to say, I am going to have side effects. And believe me, that they are the most difficult patients. So, which is why I loved you. I loved having you because you just let me do what I wanted to do. And I think that's for everybody, right? I mean, even for an actor, if you just allow them to do whatever or you allow a singer to do whatever or allow a, an architect to do whatever because they are good in their field. So tomorrow, if, you know, I come to you and say, you know, or to a makeup artist and say, hey, I want you to do this and I want you to do that the person you've already fed so much in her mind that she's already like jumbled and you know thinking okay make, maybe I should I should not make this mistake and I should not I'm also human so when I'm injecting and already in my mind you've put 10 th things you know I'm not myself I'm very cautious and in that you know being over cautious something goes wrong 
So yes, thank you so much, Anam, for being such a wonderful, wonderful person and client or whatever. But now you're a friend. So I found a friend in you. Yeah, I'm so glad. You know what, what stood out to me about my first like experience with you? You were the first person who said to me, we're going to do this in two halves and the second half is going to be a month later. And I was like, huh? This is the first time this is happening. It was my third time trying fillers. And it was the first time somebody was saying this to me. So I was like, okay, but like explain to me why. Because I'm somebody that likes the why. I, I, no, I, that's important. Yeah, that's important. It, it makes but, sense, right? Yeah. I always kind of figure. And a month later, my chin and lip had settled so well that we barely needed to do anything in round two. And I was so grateful for that piece of advice because... Had we gone hard in the first goal, maybe the result would have been so much different. You know, I, I feel the same, you know that. Because when even when I was working on the idea for this podcast, I said, I know I want to dive into like social media and beauty and talk about like just the other side of things, really honestly. And I said, okay, I know exactly who I need to bring on for this. I'm not even going to give her a choice. I'm going to say, hey, Doc, when are you coming in? <laughs> and that's what I did. No, I literally <laughs> said, when are you coming in? I was like, I'm not even giving you a choice on this matter. No. So sweet. Thank you, Anna. No, thank you. You've been such a good guest. You've gotten into so many details. I didn't ask you any names. <laughs> I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. <laughs> But uh, thank you for giving us all of this information and just sharing. There's so much of experience that you have and I'm so grateful that you're willing to share so much, whether it's on your Instagram, whether it's through lives, through all the crazy comments we get, whether it's um, just through across it all. There's very few people that genuinely know what they're doing and are actually willing to share their knowledge. So you are special and you are appreciated and just thank you for existing. Oh, thank you so, so, so much. Thank you. Thank you.